Welcome to the New Beginning Fellowship Church Sermon Podcast. We are glad you are listening to the teaching of the Word of the Lord. We pray that this message encourages you and builds your faith. We also pray that this message is only supplemental to your spiritual growth instead of being a replacement for daily personal Bible study, the pastor you should be submitted to, or the church God would have you to be an active member of. If you live within driving distance of Brobridge, Louisiana, we hope that you would come to visit us during one of our services on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. Service times, ministry information, and giving options are all located on our website at newbeginningfc.com or on our Facebook page at New Beginning Fellowship Church. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make His face to shine upon you. Um, But guys, I am excited to minister the word tonight. I was asked, and I've had a word in my heart for a couple of weeks now. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping, I believe it's timely, and I hope that uh, it ministers to your heart. So we're going to go to the book of John, St. John chapter 11. So the um, book of John is the only gospel that is unlike all of the other gospels, right? It's not a synoptic gospel. It kind of has, has its own element. And really, uh, there are seven major miracles that Jesus does um, that prove, if anything, that he was truly the Messiah, Right, And so one of the last ones, or the last one that he does, is raising Lazarus from the dead. And this kind of was the final straw that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders of that day had before they realized that if they didn't execute Jesus, that uh, he would have such a large following that just nothing would be able to stop him from being proven that he is the true Messiah. And as we know, that the religious leaders of that day did not like Jesus, right? Um, they, They hated him, honestly, from... All, as you read the text, you can clearly, plainly see that they knew without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. All the miracles were there, all the prophecies were fulfilled, and yet they ignored it and they ignored it. Even up to this chapter, actually, in the previous chapter, we find in chapter 10 of John, that it talks about how they said, Jesus, are, you know, just tell us plainly you're the Christ. And he says, I have done so, and I have shown to you and proven to you, right? And I'm paraphrasing that I am the Christ, but you do not believe, right? So, I want to go to the book of John chapter 11. We're going to be reading a decent amount of scripture here today. And uh, if you can just kind of bear with me. Um, So uh, I want to start in verse one. So it says, John chapter 11, verse one. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But Jesus heard it. And said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Just to make a note of that, that part of the scripture has always boggled my mind as to like, you know, and and what I mean is that if you put yourself in the place of Mary and Martha and the disciples at that time, you know, knowing the miracles that Jesus has done in the past already, right? Uh, He actually uh, raised a little girl from the dead. So it's not unheard of that he can do this. Uh, He's already healed someone from being sick. He's casted a demon out of somebody, right? He's calmed the waters at this point. The fact that Jesus decides to say, no, I'm not going to go yet. There was a purpose and a reason here. And again, you know, I just want to make this point that I find that oftentimes that when, um, when situations happen in our life, a lot of the times we cannot see the full perspective, 
right? And all we see is what is right in front of us. And all we can see is just this very, very small, narrow piece of light dimly lit in front of us, right? We can't see the full picture. And this is where, uh, you know, obviously faith comes into play. But again, you have to put yourself in the situation of the disciples and of Mary and Martha. They're like, man, Jesus, come and heal this man. You're able to do it, right? They believe he can do it. But Jesus says, no, it's for the glory of God. So I'm gonna go somewhere with this tonight. Now, um, we can continue on in verse seven. It says, then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews are now seeking to stone you. Are you gonna go there again? We are actually gonna skip verses nine and 10. Um, and it says uh, in verse 11, it says, after saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples say, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant he was taking rest and sleep. And then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad. For your sake, he says, I am glad that I was not there. Excuse me. So that you may believe. But let us go to him. And then it says, so Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go uh, that we may die with him. And that's kind of a sarcastic tone <laughs> that he says. Um, but so, you know, as you can see here, um, you know, Mary and Martha, it says that Mary was the one who had anointed Jesus' feet. And uh, there's a special connection that Mary has with Jesus um, from the, the fact that she's the one who did that, right? And uh, you find that Jesus is the person who has healed her and made her whole, made her a new creation, so to speak. And, and so Mary trusts Jesus with all of her heart, right? There's no doubt about it. She was one of the people who went to the tomb and found him, one of the only ones who believed, right? But we find here that uh, um, in the context of the story that it's obviously just a terrible situation. I don't have to tell you guys that. Like, I mean, you can imagine just if someone that you loved was dying, right, on the, on the facing death, and that you knew there was a man who could come and take care of that situation, and that person didn't, um, that kind of shakes your faith a little bit. It kind of shakes what you believe, right? At that moment, you're like, man, uh, um, I'm expecting God to do this this way. And then he doesn't. And that kind of makes you kind of like, oh man, what's going on here? Like, why is this happening, Lord? It makes us question sometimes, Lord, and in ourselves being natural human beings, right? We, we always, again, like I said, we don't get to see the full perspective or context of, of the plan of God that he has in our lives when bad or tragic or things happen that are not favorable towards us. So, um, you know, I just like to preach a simple message that uh, Jesus is the resurrection and the life, right? And no matter what happens, guys, things that we're dealing with, um, if there's things in your life that God has promised you, that maybe in, in your mind, you're like, man, this is dead. It's gone. There's no hope. I don't feel this calling or maybe it's something, it's your children, right? That God has promised to use them or to be saved, whatever it is. In your mind, you know, as you look at things, you may be like, man, there's no way that this is possible. God, you promised it, but I don't see how it's possible. See, Jesus is the resurrection and the life, Right? is nothing too big for God. So we're gonna to go to the Lord in prayer and just ask him to be with us. So Father, I come before you and I just, Lord, I just thank you for this evening. I ask that you would just anoint my words, Lord. Don't let it just be of me. Let the Holy Spirit guide me and, and, and help me to, to minister to your body, God. These are your sheep and your people and I just ask that I can be a blessing this, this evening for you and that you would be glorified, Father. Let this uh, touch the hearts of those who are dealing with things, Father, and uh, let it be an encouragement in Jesus' name, amen. So kind of going again back, uh, you know, I wanna take a step back towards 
the life of Mary a little bit, and we find that, you know, Mary was in a really difficult spot in her life, right? She was involved in things that of that day a woman should not be involved in, and, uh, you know, here comes along this, this man, Jesus, and, and uh, as everyone is, you know, looking at telling Mary that she's this and she's that, she's not good enough, Jesus is the only one that reaches out, right, and so to speak, and again, he, he changes their life. Just like many of you, many of us in this place, um, we were just in a place sometimes of darkness, of not in the light. And, and what happened? Jesus came, right? Met you in the moment of your darkest place, so to speak. And he picked you up out of that, right? And, and after that, there's really nothing that anyone can tell you to, as far as like, hey, this man, Jesus, the person that you've met, the personal relationship you have with him, this is real. He's done something for me that nobody else could do. When everybody else had given up on me, when they said, man, this person is going to amount to nothing, guess what? Jesus looked and saw your situation and said, no, I've got a plan for you, right? And so as we follow along, you know, again, we're not going to go through a ton of this, but just skipping along in the story, as you read up to this point, um, Mary is just very much so close to Jesus. She loves him. It's who, it, like, they, that, that is everything to her. And so when we find that Lazarus is sick, um, he's sick with an illness uh, unto death, and, you know, they send for Jesus, of course, right? And it's about two or three days right out. So they send for Jesus to be like, hey, the first person she calls is Jesus, right? How many times, and we all know this, when something bad starts happening, what's the first thing we do? We go to pray. We're like, man, Lord, like, I'm here. Like, can you, you know, do you hear me? Come and help my situation. And, and, you know, I think that being in kind of Western society, we've gotten used to that instantaneous gratification, right? Where like, you know, if you, if you need to know something, you can look it up on your phone, right? There's no problem. And, and again, in our society, we've kind of got to the place of where everything just happens so quick and so fast. It's almost instinctive for us to be like, hey, God, do this. And he does it with the drop of a hat, right? But what, what does that teach us, right? It teaches us nothing. There's, there's no, there's, you don't learn faith by God just doing everything that you ask him to do immediately, right? We, we often see all over the Bible that is in difficult, hard situations that sometimes last years, how long was Joseph in prison for, right? Like how, how long did it take for King David, for David to get on the throne? I mean, years, how long did Abraham have to wait for the promise that God gave him? I mean, when you think about those things, Long periods of time go by, and this is where God builds faith. This is where God tests faith and builds it. And so, again, going along in the story, we, we know that Jesus says no, right? Not right now. And, and again, there's a purpose. There's always a purpose when God delays, right? He's three days late, but he's still on time. Everyone knows that song. I love it. But it's so true, right? Like, just because, you know, you're thinking, hey, God hasn't shown up in my situation. God hasn't done what I feel that he's promised me or what he's capable of doing. And I'm sitting here suffering, and what's the point, right? Why, why do you have to do this to me? And, and really, in reality, like, I mean, if you think about it, right, if any of you guys had the power to go heal someone like that and God gave, and you knew you could do it, not doing it, I mean, from a humane perspective, just seems so, like, not right, not just, right? It just seems so, like, why would you withhold those, that, something that good from a person, right? You can ease Mary's pain, Mary and Martha's pain in an instant by just showing up. But you see, again, Jesus, Jesus knows. He's thinking, and he already knows that no. See, see what, what you don't realize is that the things that you deal with in your life, right, the situations that we go through, it's not just for you. And oftentimes, I think that as Christians, we kind of forget that it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the glory of God. 
And it's about Jesus or God getting the glory from my life despite what it is that I'm facing or wrestling. Amen? Right? It's not about me and you. It's about the glory of God. And that's what Jesus says here, right? He plainly says that it is for the glory of God and it's good for your sake, he says to the disciples. I mean, that's, to me, again, it's just wild, right? But you have to put yourself in that place and just think naturally, like, these people are like, man, what is he doing? Like, are you not gonna go and heal him right now? And Jesus says, no, there's a purpose. So understand, there's a purpose in your trial, right? There's a purpose in the things that you deal with. And, and again, it's not for you necessarily. It's for the glory of God. <clears throat> so, you know, we all know the story. Jesus comes three days late, right? And uh, I do want to read a little bit of scripture here just so we can kind of, again, get the context. And in verse 17, it says, um, now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. And I'm sure all of you already know that being in the tomb for four days in a Jewish culture was a sign that you are truly dead. Like there's no coming back out of the grave. If you've been in there for four days, and that's why they say he stinks already or it smells because the body's decaying already. So Lazarus is in the tomb for four days already. Uh, and, and again, Jesus waited on purpose. He knew that already. He knew the Jewish customs that, hey, after four days, this man's gonna be pronounced 100% dead and it's a fact, right? And so again, just relating to our life, how many times has there been things in your life that got us promised you or things in your life that you were looking forward to that didn't come to fruition in the time period that you were looking at it? And it seems that it's not just dead, it's dead, dead, right? Like, you know, it's, it's not, it's dead, dead, twice over. It's not coming back. There's almost, in a sense, no hope for that thing to come back to life. See, but again, Jesus is the resurrection of life. I've already, I'm, I spoiled the story. I know that, but again, <laughs> and I know y'all already know, uh, but it's, okay, in verse 18, it says, Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console uh, them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went in and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. That is like, mm, come on now. Like, that is a statement above all statements. This man is telling her like, man, do you know who I am? You know what I'm capable of. You've seen me do these other miracles, right? You've seen me turn water into wine. You've seen me heal the blind man. You've seen me cast the demon out. You've heard that I calmed the storm. Those things are nothing compared to what I'm going to do today. Amen. That's the kind of God that we serve that even though, again, in our timing, we may think that, man, where's God at? But you see, there's a purpose and it's in his timing and it's all for the glory of God. He tells her, I'm the resurrection of life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me never shall die. Do you believe this? She said, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who's coming into the world. Jesus weeps. So this right here is one of the most like interesting passages to me. I love it. Um, why does Jesus weep, right? I mean, a lot, a lot of, oftentimes I know that we, we think that it's, well, he wept because he was sorrow, you know, have sorrow for Lazarus. Um, but, you know, I'm like, well, he, he knew that he was gonna raise Lazarus from the dead. Right, I, I really thoroughly believe, uh, you know, and within the context that I think that it's the reason why he was weeping was because there was lack of faith. There's lack of faith in the midst of these people after all the miracles he had already done to this point. 
right? I mean, think about the scripture where it says that, that it says that they brought all these people to the village all the way till the sun went down, right? Jesus healed people all the way, all day. Think about that. He did those things right in front of their eyes. And yet these people are still like, man, they're weeping, they're crying. And just to make a point about that, the Jewish people that came and wept with Mary and Martha, right? Uh, it's, it's important, the people you surround yourself with. Because the kind of people that you surround yourself with, right? can impact, can impact your relationship with God. You know, so, so when you have the friends, right, that come around and said, man, like, it's all, it, just forget about it. It's over, you don't have to worry about that, right? Uh, uh, that those are the kind of people that you don't necessarily want to be your closest friends. You want the people who are full of faith, right? Who are like, you know what, brother, sister, I see what you're going through, I see your situation, I see the things that look impossible in your life, but I'm here to pray with you that God can do it. I'm here to pray with you and stand in faith that if you believe God, that he is capable and is willing to do those things. Those are the kind of people that we want around us. So the kind of people you have around you impacts your faith. It's important. I think we kind of forget that sometimes, right? You go on in the scripture again. So this is where, um, they, you know, Martha goes and tells Mary, like, hey, Jesus is here. So Mary goes and uh, she talks, to, you know, she goes to rise and she goes to talk to Jesus and um, it says that the Jews who were with her in her house consoling her saw Mary rise and quickly go out, and they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said uh, to him, Lord, come and see. And it says, Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could, he, could he, not he who opened the eyes of the blind also kept this man from dying? The mockery, right? You had a small group of people who were like, man, he did love him. But it, 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 in reality, it's the mockery of Jesus. That's the kind of people that were trying to surround Mary and Martha. That's the kind of people that were trying to surround the disciples, so to speak, right? These are the people that were claiming to follow Jesus. And you see how there's no faith in them to believe, right? Like, like they just say, it's sarcastic tone. Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also kept this man from dying? I mean, think about that, right? After all Jesus has done up to this point, it's not enough. It's just not enough. And, and in my life, I know, I'm like, you know, Lord, it's so easy that when I am faced with the current situation that I just forget. I'm so feeble, right? I'm so sometimes weak in my faith that I don't have the ability to think about, look at all that God has done in the past. Can he not do this, right? I mean, and, and, I, and that happens to us. Honestly, it does as, as Christians. We're not perfect. We're not these, you know, there's no, I don't believe in what we call super Christians, right? Because <laughs> all of us have struggles and face things uh, and, and we all have sometimes the same doubts, right? And, and you know, kind of, going outside the context here, but that is the purpose of the body is to help each other, right? When, and this is what I'm talking about, surrounding yourselves with the right people. So we wanna be the kind of body that when we see our brothers and our sisters going through things, struggling with things, situations that you know, are terrible, that we can go to them and have faith and build them up, right? Not tear them down, not be like, oh, like you know, mocking like they were at Jesus. We wanna be the kind of body that encourages and uplifts and, and brings healing and life to those around us. Uh, we don't wanna be like the Jewish people who supposedly claim to follow Jesus, but yet there was no faith, right? There was no evidence, which is why, by the way, that all these people would leave him in the end, besides the 12, and Mary and Martha, right? Because in reality, there was no substance to their faith. 
It was all about what Jesus could do for them. Never about what can I do for Jesus and how can I glorify God? So going to the end here, um, Jesus deeply moved again, right? And that word deeply moved that, it just means that he was actually sorrowful. (laughs) He was angry almost that, man, like how can you guys not believe that I'm able to do these things after all these miracles that I have done and I have proven to you that over and over again, I'm the Messiah, I am the son of God, I'm the chosen one. It says that it was a cave and a stone laying against it and Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? Did I not tell you? He just told her maybe five minutes ago, like, hey, I'm the resurrection and the life, right? Have you ever had times like that, right? So you come to church and and the minister or the worship just ministers to your heart and soul and you're like, man, yes, I believe God. And then you walk out and it's like, you know, here comes the devil trying to snatch that away from you. And it's like just that quick sometimes we lose all hope again or all faith. And that for that thing, we're like, man, why? We're we're feeble in our faith. It's true. We're not not super Christians here and that's okay, right? This is a growing process. So we should learn and grow from this, not repeat it over and over and over. But we see here that, you know, Jesus just told her, man, like, you're going to see the glory of God if you just believe me. And she said, I believe you, Jesus. I believe you. And then she's like kind of questioning him, right? That in and out, you know what I'm talking about? We've all been there, right? Where God has promised you something or he's moving you in a direction and you're kind of scared to jump all in because you're like, what if I look like a fool? Or what if, I, what if it doesn't happen? What if God doesn't come through? How's that going to look, right? And so you're kind of in and out. You're like, yeah, God, I'm in. I believe, I believe, and, and I'm here to tell you that, you know, that, that's, that, that hurts the heart of God because he wants us to, tr- all he asks is to believe, right? All Jesus asks us to do for everything, for salvation, for healing, for sanctification, for loved ones, for sickness, right? For, for our finances, for things that we need, all he says is, look, just believe me, and if you do, you're going to see me work in this situation. You're going to see me do things that when people see the situation, when people see you come out of this, they're going to be like, only God could have done something like that. It's not that person. It's not Brother James, right? It's not my dad. It's not Denny. It's not me. It's not you guys. It's God did that for him. And, and in the midst of that person, yes, there's some struggle and striving. And, you know, again, we're kind of in and out sometimes. But you know what? God's a merciful God, and he always comes through for his glory. And so it says that, uh, so they took the stone away and Jesus lifted his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. This is one of my favorite prayers. I know that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who died came out, his hands and feet were bound with linen straps, strips and his face wrapped the cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Guys, I... You've got to imagine this moment. (laughs) I'm telling y'all right now, there has never been a moment like this, right? The closest thing that they have to this is Elisha. And when he died, they threw the man in his grave and that man came up alive. That's the closest thing that they, and they just heard that story, right? There's hundreds of people around here. And Jesus commands a stone to roll away and he gets this, and he tells this man, come out of the grave, right? Calls him by name. And Lazarus just comes walking out. If, 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 <laughs> I could not imagine what that place would have been like, 
right? Because if we were in church and something like that happened, we'd be having some church, right? There wouldn't be a person in here who's just kind of chilling. Everyone, something would be going on. I would see people move who've never moved in their life, right? Like we're talking about, we're going to have some church up in here because if Jesus is raising someone from the dead, like you have to think about how powerful of a statement that is. This is the final miracle. And Jesus makes a statement that, you know what? I don't just have power over, uh, over the sea, right? Which in the mindset of a Jewish person, that was chaos, right? Jesus had power over the sea and he calmed the sea uh, or even in the wilderness where he goes out into the wilderness and he defeats the devil so to speak and as they're as they're talking and he's offering Jesus the kingdom and Jesus comes back out of the wilderness to the Jewish person like he went to the wilderness and came back out man the wilderness is a place where the demons are at right where the devil owns that and here comes Jesus coming back which means one thing it means he must be above those things he cast out the demons out of a man right all these miracles that he does and the final thing that he says I have power over life and death and if, if he has power over life and death, right? The only thing in this world that every man will be faced with in woman is death. No one can escape that, right? And Jesus says, I have power over that. So the situations that maybe I'm facing, right? Or, and you're facing, other people are facing, other people in the body of Christ. I mean, in a sense, and I don't wanna make light of our trials, right? But how small are my situations when God can do things like this, right? If there's, if there's things in your life that God has promised you and maybe you've hid it away in your heart or you've put it away on the back burner and you're like, I just, I don't, I don't even wanna think about that anymore, right? Because it's dead. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And in his timing, he will come through. And it's only for the purpose of, it couldn't be you that did it. It's not gonna be you that can receive the glory, right? It's gonna be God, it's going to be Jesus in you that receives the glory. Knowing the purpose of our trials and knowing the purpose of our difficulties is extremely important. And, and I think that's a sign of Christian maturity, right? When you start to come to the place of where, man, like your boat's rocking and things are happening. And I know that we're, none of us are perfect, right? So none of us are really there. But coming to that place of being able to have faith in God and trust and believe like, man, this doesn't look good for me. It seems like that it's impossible and that I cannot, like there's nothing that I can do to change this situation. But Jesus is the resurrection and the life, right? He can do it. And, and again, you know, if God's promised you something, God's a man of his, or he's not a man to whom he shall lie, right? Excuse me. Not a man whom he shall lie. He keeps his word. And just because that situations in your life are prolonging and put off. Again, I know this was three days, right? But, you know, again, think about, think about Abraham. How many years did it take for that promise to come? David and all these people. Think about all the Old Testament people that had to go through long and long waiting periods for God to keep his promise to them. And they held on and they had faith and they saw the glory of God and other people saw the glory of God in their life. And so again, your trial is not about you. It's about God receiving glory. And it's about people around you seeing God get glory out of your life. Amen? Amen. So, you know, my, my, and I'm not necessarily going to give an altar call, guys. Um, I'm just going to, you know, tell you that, look, I hope that encourages you to know that, that God is really in control of all things. And despite the things that we're facing personally, because I know, I know everybody in here deals with things on the inside of their heart and their mind as human beings, as feeble human beings. We're all dealing with things that sometimes we don't like to talk to people about, right? And, and I'm here to tell you that, look, God 
is in control of that. And he sees, while we only can see what's right around us, Lord knows the future. He knows if you just have faith, if you just trust, simple belief in him, God's gonna come through in his timing, right? And in the meantime, it's like, what is he trying to teach me? He's trying to teach you faith. He's trying to teach you stable faith, I would say, really. The kind of faith that is immovable, right? The kind of faith that, that if, like it says, that if there's a tree planted by the water, think about that, right? Those roots run so deep into there. And that's kind of what faith is, that God wants to grow your faith. And the only way to grow faith is to test it, is to test it with difficult situations and trials. And none of us are immune to that. But again, understand the purpose of your trials, of the things you face in your life. It's for the glory of God and that others will see God get glory out of your life. Amen. We can go to Lord, for the Lord in prayer, and so uh, we can stand if y'all don't mind. <clears throat> so, Father, I come before you, and I just, again, I, I do thank you this evening, and I just ask, Lord, that if, um, that if anything I said, Lord, if it would just touch someone's heart and, and encourage them, Lord, I, I hope that is the case. And I just ask, God, that you would truly get glory out of our lives, God, that you would get glory out of this church body and that people around us, whether if it's our friends or family or coworkers, God, or even this community in Burbridge, that they would see the hand of God working in this body, Lord, that they would see that even though all the things that we've been through and all the things that we're going to face, that if we can hold fast to, to Jesus, if we can truly have that kind of faith, God, that, that moves mountains, that's immovable, Lord, uh, I pray that, that our community, that people around us would see that, and that we would become a testimony for Jesus Christ in this place, God. I know that you have called this church here to this local community, and I know that you're gonna use us, God. Help us, help us, Lord, to believe you. Help us to trust you in the midst of our personal situations, even our corporate situations that we're gonna deal with, Lord. Lord, we love and we thank you and we bless your name. In Jesus' name.